Hello and welcome to Retro Wars, where each week me and a friend talk about the games we used to play back when we were kids. And this is episode 18 and we are talking Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 for the PlayStation Portable. This game means a lot to me. I played the hell out of this when it came out, although it was absolutely disgraceful how long it took to get from Japanese shores to European shores. But that was gaming back then. It's not so much of a problem now. My name is Danny and welcome. Welcome to everyone who's joined us. I hope everyone is well. I hope you're all doing okay wherever you may be. I always laugh when I look at my stats of where people are listening to. It's all around the world. It's crazy. Who wants to hit to hear this little British guy slash Australian thing doing shit, really? It's not a good podcast. It's just me rambling for maybe an hour of your life. But we will be talking Crisis Core. And Crisis Core was a big game to me. I did play the hell out of it. I think it was one of only the three games on the PlayStation Portable that actually got supported. I think that console was... was, was uh, I keep saying this this with this, the PSP and the Vita. It was just underdeveloped. And it only seen that Square Enix wanted to get behind it because there was Final Fantasy Tactics. There was Tactics Ogre. And then Crisis Core. And that was about it. There was the old Tekken game, but I just felt there could have been so much more, which was such a shame, because this console and the Vita had potential to do really well. Although now my PlayStation Vita is one of my most favourite consoles, because it got sick, and every game I ever wanted is on there. But that's for another day. That's for another day. That's not me doing anything naughty. (coughs) But apart from that, Australia is finally sunny again. It's been raining, 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 raining non-stop, which has really annoyed me. But finally, we've got some weather. I feel sorry for my father-in-law. He's been visiting from the UK. And finally, he's got some nice weather because he goes back next week and all he's had is pissing down rain for the most of it. We bought two kayaks. We decided we want to go on the water. You can because round by where we are, there's loads of lovely water to go explore. So me, the wife and Hiccups are going to go be exploring. We're going to do some today, actually. Why not? It's still lovely weather out there. It's still I'm going to get sunburnt weather. So we're going to go out and explore. My football team's doing all right as well. We won another game yesterday, so 3-2 winners. So Although I did miss a one-on-one shot, which was a bit embarrassing. Although I am a defender, so I shouldn't really be up there. But hey-ho, I'm just happy. We're going to win four games on the bounce, so it's all good. Right, let's just get into what we're going to be talking about. Crisis Core, we are going to be going into this, and I'm going to be joined by Keegs. Now, if you don't know who Keegs is, Keegs is well-informed, well-informed, well-in with the Remember the Game crew. Remember the Game is what I say this show is based on. It's a fantastic podcast. I have a lot of respect for it, and it was the influence for me doing this today. And I often joke that this is the crap English-Australian version of this. Now, Keegs is one of the moderators of that Discord and does a bloody good job. But he came to me and wanted to join in, have a bit of fun, and he said he wanted to do Crisis Core, which was great, considering I've not even done the main one yet. Yeah, I still haven't done Final Fantasy VII. Don't know when I'm going to be doing that, because that one's going to be a biggie. That one's going to be a multiple beer job, and I've got to be very careful, because it's my favourite game of all time, and I don't want to offend anyone. I probably will offend everyone, because that's what we do. Sod, you're going to get offended. You get offended by this, I imagine. I, I, although I do love this game, I do slag it off in some points. The toilet game. That's the best way I describe this. But let's just get the plug out of the way. It's the best thing to do before we move on. If you want to support the show, there are a number of ways of doing that. You can go to the Honest Pokemon Trainer at YouTube, where you can see my local, 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 my honest. Right, stop, stop, start again. Come on, let me, let me have a drink. Hang on, it's, it's. I haven't even started really. Normally I'd edit that, but you can hear me drinking a beer. Right, if you want to support the show, you can go on YouTube on the Honest Pokemon Trainee and hit the like and subscribe button where I do Pokemon challenges usually every two to three weeks. 
This show, Retro Wars, is now on YouTube. I will be putting these on YouTube as well, so if you want to listen that way, you can do. I've only put episode one, which was a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 one, but I will, over the week, be starting to fizzle out all the other 18 episodes, so there are going to be going on. So again, if you want to support it, go on there and give it a subscribe. Wherever you're listening to this show, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever, give it a review, give it, you know, tell me I'm shit, tell me I'm great, whatever you want to do, and give it a five-star review, because that will get it pushed up and then more people can come see it. But the best way, oh no, you can also get involved on Twitter. I am on twitter.com forward slash wars underscore retro. I'm often, that's my main form of communication. You can just chat shit with me or send, I like memes, send me a good meme. That's the sort of thing I also like. But the best way you can help support me is over on Patreon. So that's patreon.com forward slash RetroWars. And what you get for $1.50 Australian, $1 US, and about 70p UK, you get access where you can comment on each game we do each week. You can write in letters each week to a segment I've not decided to call yet, but I'm going to have to come up with that next week. You get involved in a Discord where I want to make our own little community. You get to have access on polls and games so you guys get to decide which games I'm going to be reviewing next. More importantly, you get access to your own show called DLC, and the third one will be going up today, and that is going to be Pokemania, which I covered with Mr. R9Beats. And here is a little sneak peek of that episode. Yeah, I remember like I remember it being so popular like at the time like this everyone on like the schoolyard or anything like that. Well, not the schoolyard, but like after school when you're at home playing with all your friends and everything. When Pokemon came on TV, like because it was only for like a thirty minute time period every day or whatever it was, a everyone went inside and no one was out playing. Like it was that big, and I just remember like if it was a repeat because I don't know maybe I was just like ahead of my time. I would. Uh, Remember, I used to have to like burn them to VHSs. Yes, this is very old for the people who are younger watching this. And uh, if it was a repeat, like I already had the episode saved. So I would go back outside to play and there's no kids <laughs> outside. Literally no one, because that's how big Pokemon was. Like everyone was consuming it as, as much as possible, as fast as possible. And that was DLC episode three, and that was Pokemania. But I should say, if you want to join, if you join us at Patreon, we finally got some. We finally got some Patreon. So I get to, for the first time, attempt to say people's names and absolutely balls them up. So I want to say a big thank you and welcome to Slow Speed Run and Lewis Sked. I hope I pronounced your name right, Lewis, because I could have fucked that up. I was thinking, is it skewed, scared? Either way, probably dicked it up. I'm sorry. And Slow Speed Run, I want to give this guy a big shout out because he's the guy who's done the logo for this show. He's done the cool logo and he did that for free for me. I offered and he came to me and said, no, I'll do it. And he will be on the show one day. I'm looking forward to having on. I know his real name, so I can't. I want to just say dickhead, but I can't. So I'm going to be nice to him. But my friend, if you are listening, thank you very much. But that also does mean now these guys can take part in things. And it also means that I'm going to have to make a letter section up for next week. Right. That is enough of the plug. Let's just go on to what happens here. So we will be going on to Crisis Core. But first of all, I need to go through the news. And the news section here is called Patch 18.0.
Okay, what's been going on in the news this week? Well, not a great deal that I could find, really. Although I should say, actually, just as a side note, there's a new Pokemon box card set series called called Astral Radiance. Now, this is mostly based off the new Legends Arceus game, which I've still not fucking played. Still not fucking played it. I've got a mate called Meku messaging me all the time. I said, played it yet? Played it yet? No, no, I will. It's still boxed up to go. But when I was there picking up the shop, picking up this new set, so I've got a new booster box and I've got my first elite trainer box and I literally just seal them away. I got to see in 1990 set 9, Charizard card signed by the artist. I'm going to botch this now. Watch this. Mitsuro... Arita? Arita? I can't pronounce his name, but he's the artist of the card. If you look at the actual, he made that, that classic Char- Charizard design, and it's signed, and it's only graded 7 out of 10, but still, it, it, the guy was selling for 4 grand. I was like, wow! You know, imagine that was a 10 out of 10, but, you know, I would like that very much on my wall. I'm not going to spend 4 grand on a Pokemon card. I'm not thick, but still, it was quite nice to see one, because I've never actually seen one like that in hand. Now, okay, gaming stuff. Forspoken. So Forspoken is a game I've been looking forward to for quite a while. It's made by Square Enix. They've come out and said it's going to be an 18 or whatever, MR, whatever. It's going to be an adult game. Good. I like that. So it's probably delayed it. But I don't care. I said, I think they delayed it a while ago. I think it's delayed it a bit further. Fine. No problem with that. Make an adult game. If it's, if it's adult, make it adults. It doesn't have to be for kids. It doesn't have to pander for the kids. You know, movies don't. So I'm happy with this. As long as it's a solid, you know, game with a solid story and basically it's a mature and not got the woke bollocks pushed in your face, I don't care. Will this be a day one purchase? Probably. Or if it'll go into the backlog. But I do want this game. This is one I'm going to be heavily, heavily trying to get my hands on or try and convince the Queen if I'm allowed to buy it. Saying things I want to buy, I'm getting better at these segue stuff. There, are, for some, I don't know why this came about, but there are going to be Capcom are coming out and they're going to make these models of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighter. They look cool, and there's going to be four sets. I think you've got Ryu versus Leonardo. I think it's Ken versus Guile. I think it's Donatello versus. Blanca, and I think it's Michelangelo versus Chun Li. I think it's those four. Def, Blanca's the only one I'm not sure about. So I could be wrong on that, but the rest are right. The rest, the other three, is definitely those three. Oh no, it's Ken and Mike. It, it's tell lie. It's Ken and Michelangelo, and I think then it's Donatello and Chun Li. Think that's it. Yeah, it's not Blanca. It's Ken. That makes complete sense. I think they look cool. I like Ryu. I like Leonardo. I'm intrigued. That's the best way I could put this. I really might have to have a look at this one and wonder, will that look cool in my room? And argument's like, it will look cool in my room. One day when I have this office all set up properly, I'll have like my own models and statues to be my own little base. I should really design it a little bit better because I've got shit lying around here. And it will be quite nice to have my own little space, my own little den. But yeah, that's something for the future. So yeah. Mm. I'll see how much it is. That's probably the best thing. See how much it is. Like $100, well, fuck that. But if it's actually worth it and in my price range, then yeah, I'll probably have a little go. Entertainment-wise, we you know, we've been talking about this for a while. And last week I mentioned about how the original Halo um, writer came out and went, well, this wasn't the Halo I created. That's because Master Chief took his helmet off and then apparently Master Chief needed a bit of hoo-hoo time. Fine, I don't agree with that. But that's not stopping other companies from getting involved. There's going to be a God of War series on Amazon. I never knew about this. And they're also going to be doing Fallout and Mass Effect. I think it is. Yeah, they're all getting involved in that. And apparently Netflix are doing Horizon Zero Dawn. 
So we've got a lot. It's four new series based on games. There is The Last of Us, which is going to be out soon. I have no problem with these developers coming out and going, oh, well, the movie, movie series writers, let's make a series based on a video game. No problem with that. My only argument is, as I keep saying, when Sonic did it very well, look at your source material. Your source material will guide you in the direction you need to go. Halo has clearly got some of it, but has not listened. Because Master Chief, the idea of him taking his helmet off is stupid. And the idea of him needing to have sex with someone is stupid. Not implying Master Chief, you know, will not fancy someone in one day. But it's not essential to the plot. You don't need a love idol. Like, for example, when Last of Us comes out, I'm hoping they don't, you know, look at Joel um, needing a love, you know, idol. He doesn't need it. Because the whole theory is him and Ellie having that relationship and building a father-daughter trust out of one of mistrust to one of actual love and caring for each other. So to have Joel then suddenly go on a love spree because he needs it, it, it's not necessary. It wasn't part of the original game. And I said, I have no problem of taking little things from the game and then little things you want to make and, you know, make it TV only. But just keep it to the source material. Make it relevant to the character. Is it something that Joel would do? Same for this. Same for when you're doing. Um, you're going to be doing God of War. Is it something Kratos would actually do? Are we doing something that's out of complete character and make people go, well, that's not relevant to the story. It's not relevant to the game. It's not relevant to his character. So it's not actually needed. I think that sometimes that gets lost in these developments, and they think, oh, we've got to include this. We've got to include this. No, you don't have to include anything. What you do. Is, is try and please your fan base. That's the main thing. Please those people who are fans of the show because they're the ones who will scream, give me more. They'll stream it, which means more money, which means more series. I don't know. I'm just an idiot with a beer in my sitting here and it's only half two in the afternoon. Not doing this in the morning, but it's currently half two in the morning, in the afternoon and I want to get out on the water soon. And talking about things which... I just think need to go away and need... Well, that wasn't really a segue, but it was in my head. Witcher 3. Now, not oh, well, before anyone kicks off. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know Witcher 3 is a great game. But apparently it's been delayed. What I mean by delayed? They're going to make a next-gen version of it, and it's not coming out until the end of this year. This goes back to the GTA thing. I keep going on about the Mario Kart thing. If you want to get the next Witcher, Witcher 4, stop buying this game. Because they'll just make it for a PS5. We'll all buy it. Hey-ho, we're not getting Witcher 4 for a long time. Because why? Because the game's still selling. Exactly the same argument with GTA. And exactly the same argument I keep having about Mario Kart. And I will do that till the day I die. So we're not getting Witcher 4 anytime at all. Where this is just CD Projekt Red trying to get money back after they fucked up with, with um, what's that bloody stupid game called now? Cyberpunk. Probably this is a way. Quick, quick, do it. Put it in a new engine. We'll get some money back. Also, I've seen with people wanting to get money, Sony. Why not get more money, Sony? They've released a new target that they wanted their target figures that... In the future, I think it's by the end of 2025, they want to have a bigger range of video games, or their market made up more by PC and by mobile gaming. Currently, at the moment, it's heavily dominated by the PS4 and the PS5, but as time goes on, they want the PS4 to transition out, and that gap then to be taken over by the PS, sorry, by the PC and mobile games, with PS5 then becoming a bit more readily available for everyone. That's not a bad idea. You know, fine, make your games more readily available to PC. But then you've got to have that interface, which especially online games, where PC can then talk to PS5 games. But then you've also got that thing of, will mobile games be strong enough to do so? I know Final Fantasy had that game, like that 
Fortnite-esque game. You're going to have to have pretty good phone coverage to do so, pretty good phone packages to do so, because modern-day phones, they'll blow up. <laughs> not not realistically, or some did, the Samsung tablet did. But you've got to make sure your phones are strong enough to be able to do that to incorporate a good game. Because a lot of things, like, and I could see in the market, as I said last week, Nintendo made stupid money off their mobile games, and it's just nothing, really. It's no massive titles. It's no massive, groundbreaking AAA game. And yet, they're somehow making billions of dollars. So why not do it? It's it's not stupid. That's the way we're, we're going. Because gamers' attentions now are very fickle. And basically, rather than sit down playing for hours, gamers will want to play on the go, play on the fly. So I can completely understand if you wanted to be by a mobile. And why not get into the PC range? They've got strong... It's a stronger monster and but the thing is you're going to have to fight with microsoft so do you go towards apple do you go towards other pc developers i don't know but that's going to be always the battleground whenever you go into the pc market you've got to worry about microsoft and probably the final bit of news i've got and i've seen last week i talked about how i'd saw an opening video cinematic for multiverse and i thought it was quite funny i finally got to see some footage now i've seen this through maximilian dude i love watching his videos i praise that guy and i'll keep praising that guy's good fun he was um, playing some online games where he was playing a lot of Shaggy and Shaggy going Ultra Instinct or Super Saiyan, however you want to decline it. Let's decline it. Say it. I'm going to say it was Super Saiyan because it just makes fun. No, I'm going to say it was Ultra Instinct because that was the meme, although it's clearly Super Saiyan because he's not going white, he's going yellow. But that's just me being a geek. But you got to see a lot of other characters. So Taz got to be used. You saw Harley Quinn. You saw Batman, Wonder Woman, a range of different characters and Bugs Bunny. It looked a lot of fun. This game focuses more on two-on-two rather than just individual gameplay. My only concern from what I saw of it is that the character sprites, in the sense of if you've got two Bugs Bunnies on the screens, one will be coloured blue, like a shade of blue, and one will be a shade of red. And that's only like around the character, so it could be a little bit confusing when you're playing against each other. Whereas when you played Smash Brothers, they had clear palette swaps, which made it a lot easier, along with the red and the blue markers on whose team was on what. That's one thing that's kind of gone, "Mm, is that going to work? Are they going to have to look to put skins in the game? The second thing was, is that there was a lot of voice acting going on, which for the first few minutes is quite good. But eventually... Once you've heard Taz go spin, 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 spin so many times, it's starting to really piss you off. And it was getting to that stage. Whereas, you know, with with the Smash Brothers, you can have the whole woohoo, like little things. But a full sentence, that's going to get repetitive. That's my only concern is once you've heard it so many times, you're going to be like, oh, I just want to turn that off now. Because that's not adding anything. We're just doing my editing. That's my only real gripe at the moment seeing this game. Still in beta form, it's still in development, we've still got a long way to go. It could be you can turn that off and just add little things and not even have them at all. I don't know. We'll wait and see how this goes as you know more the development goes forward. And that essentially is the news. So hang on, let me just hang on. This is again, I haven't got notes on a computer, I've got paper. Makes me look sound all efficient, but it's not. I'm not even on the right piece of paper. I'm still not on the right for God's sake. Hang on, I'm pausing this now. There we go. I found it. The right bit of paper had gone underneath the door, which was great. And I should actually say, before we go on to the game, remember I talked about Patreon? Well, there's another feature that's going to be coming up now, and hopefully we'll be starting it for real as of next week. And it's a Patreon-exclusive game called Revive or Die.
Yes, each week I will be talking about a franchise, a character, a mechanic, a game, something which has been long dead and something we should be asking ourselves, should it be revived or should it be left to die? And yes, you heard Navi to begin with because Navi will be the first one we're going to play with. So as of next week, we will be playing it for real. That's if Slow Speed Run and Lewis Scared get involved. We'll be playing this for real. Will Navi, should she be died, should she die, should Navi be revived, or should she be left to die? That's going to be the question for next week, and hopefully the guys play, and then I will change it for every week and come up with something new. But I said that is a Patreon exclusive if you want to play, so I want you to play. I want everyone here to involved, and I can row with your opinions. Right, let us get into the game. It's time to talk some Crisis Core, so I'm going to put some music on. And when we come back, myself and Keegs are going to be talking about Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, which was released for the PlayStation Portable in Europe on June 20th, 2008. Fuck me, I'm old. Now, I have to start this episode by basically saying my voice is very croaky. I think I've picked up something my child has, and I was playing soccer for you Australians, Americans, and Canadians. But I do have one Canadian who's decided to join me this morning, and his name is Keegs. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Oh, just living the dream, dealing with a croaky throat. Now, for those who don't know, it's a bit of a silly time difference. We both just rolled out of bed. You rolled out of bed at 1 p.m., and for me, it's 5 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, a little bit of a time difference lifestyle difference too i think just yeah just just a little bit of a time difference <laughs> and geez you agreed to come on the show and i feel like i've transferred you from remember the game i've just pinched you and you've come with an absolute banger for your first episode you want to do crisis core yeah and the funny thing is we've not even done final fantasy 7 yet i've kept that baby back but crisis core how how often did you play this game as a kid um oh I, not as a kid because it came out when i was a teenager on the psp but oh, like it was one of my i didn't have a lot of money so it was like i bought the game and then just played it religiously like i think i in one not one sitting but like without playing anything else i went through on normal mode and then again on hard mode and 100 percented it both times oh, it, I, I i did that as well i don't think it did it on hard mode 100 i think because i just wanted to complete the main plot but I definitely did it 100% on normal mode. But this game is incredible. Yeah. I I was blown away about how good this game was. And the fact that, I don't know, I think, honestly, in my opinion, it's the best game on the PSP. Uh, I'd have to give that to Valkyrie Profile personally. But, oh, no, <clears throat> uh, no. but yeah, Crisis Core, Crisis Core is up there for me. It's just I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for the original game. Ah, yeah, that might be why, yeah. Yeah. So like, this... I, I played it and I got through to like disc three and then it corrupted my entire memory card and like wiped like all my saves for all my PlayStation RPGs. So seriously, a pretty sour taste in my mouth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. How I've, I've heard of corrupted files, but never the whole thing. Yeah. It, well, our memory card, like it was my buddy's memory card. I would always go to his place to play. And it was like one of those mad cats, like 64 times really shitty ones. Yeah. And like you had to be careful. Like if you just touched it while it was in the system, it would say it would like disconnect and stuff. And then, yeah, just one day it just wiped the whole thing just wiped while we were 
uh, playing Final Fantasy Seven. Oh my god, that's devastating to have. And it's you know you say RPGs, and we all know how long RPGs take to oh, finish. Yeah. Oh Jesus! So yeah, I, I might mention that when we do the Final Fantasy Seven episode. R.I.P. to your memory card. Yeah. (laughs) That's savage. Well, I think, you know, I had a lot of um, nostalgia for the original Final Fantasy VII. It is my favorite game of all time. So for me to play this and to even see it being come to light was incredible because it, for those, right, we should say off the top of the, you know, right at the top, this is going to be full of fucking spoilers. Jesus, I don't think you can avoid not spoiling anything about this game. Because like yeah. the, the main character, Zach, for those who, right, again, I'm putting this out there. It is a spoiler. If you play Final Fantasy VII, you know Zach dies. So you're playing a character who is going to die. There's no way around that. Yeah, that was a really cool part about the story, like going in, like knowing it's like, okay, well, he's alive for this game. Like, how, how are we going to get to when he gets like super murdered? <laughs> I really so, was super murdered as well as like literally shot to fuck. It's yeah. like I can survive everything but a million bullets. And the thing is with this, because like if, if you've played the original Final Fantasy VII, this is set, I'd say, seven to ten years prior to the story and explains that, but it really fleshes out the backstory. And it goes from the Wutai War all the way through to the Nibelheim incidents and when he basically dies. And I think they did an absolute incredible job fleshing out a story which they had very limited to go on because Zack was barely in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Yeah, it was like confusing as fuck but <laughs> like i just watched a video earlier this week just to like recap the story because it's like what the fuck happened in that game because <laughs> like, i know the starts it's like okay you start as zach as a soldier and then you die as zach as a soldier but like what happened in between it, and i watched the video on? and i was like i still don't know what happened in between <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they introduce they introduce brand new characters who've never been seen prior and yeah. um, one of which is called angeal and who essentially is Zach's mentor. And he is the original owner of the Buster Sword. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like his family sword. Yeah, it's his family sword. But with Angeal, it was kind of like, oh, he was like seen as the good guy. But then he went off the walls and actually mm. killed his own mom. I was like, all right, okay. Yeah, you do that. You kill your mom. Fine. Fucking weirdo. And then yeah. you had Genesis who is the, like, one of the protagonists, not protagonist, antagonist, let's get your wording right. Yeah. And he was, like, the other version of Angeal, and he was pretty cool, to be fair. I thought Genesis was an amazing character, and yeah. he, he was, like, spotted around. But he, I don't know if you, you, you probably got the reference, but the whole way through, he keeps quoting this play called Loveless, Oh, okay, yeah, no, I never would have got that. <laughs> so he that's the he's like the goddess does this, the goddess does that. And for those who don't know, in Final Fantasy VII, when you first see the first opening scene and it's basically panning out into the city, you see like a theater, and one of the things that's advertising is the play Loveless. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought to, to reference it and then to make a whole thing about this play we know nothing about. I was like, wow, okay, you went the extra mile here. Yeah. And yeah, that, like yeah, Nomura likes this confusing stuff, but like dude loves putting in Easter eggs and just tying things together. Like it takes him a bit to get from point A to point B, 
but he gets there. He does. Yeah, he definitely does in this game. And they, I think again, they fleshed out the Nibelheim incident. So for you, you know, not having the nostalgia and going, you know, probably hating Final Fantasy VII, I know these words are like probably hurting your heart. When yeah. they go to the Nibelheim reactor, there's in this, they flesh out even more. And I thought, how could they do that? But then I thought, well, no, they could because the characters in Final Fantasy VII never saw these interactions, weren't actually there. So they could. And I was like, that's fucking clever. That's yeah. fucking clever. And then they give Cloud amnesia, so it's perfect to basically they can just retcon whatever the hell they want for this game. Exactly, and Cloud can't say shit about it. Yeah, which ended up becoming a norm for all the Final Fantasy VII spinoffs is they're just retconning stuff left, right, and center, but... Of course, well, if you've got a chance to retcon stuff with an amnesia character, you've done it quite well. Yeah. So this had a different combat style as well. And how did you find the combat in this? Uh, I liked it. Like it was, uh, it fit good on the the PSP. Mm. Like that's what I was worried about. That it would be kind of clunky trying to play it on the handheld. But like, I thought it was great. I thought it was pretty good. And essentially, I th- have you played the Seven remake? Uh, yeah, yeah, I played that. I find that's like this is like the prequel to that because it's it's got a lot of it. I think the Seven remake took a lot of elements from Crisis Core into that game. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, now that I didn't think about that before getting ready for this, but yeah, now that you say that, absolutely. Yeah, because the fact you can run, it's all like basically run around the battlefield. You dodge, you roll, you use your attacks as you're going on. I think okay, you you realized it worked with Crisis Core, and that's why I made me think when people are like, "Oh God, Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be action RPG." I was like, "Did you play Crisis Core? That worked quite well." Yeah. Fuck you. Oh, ridiculous. But I, I loved the RPG system. I thought it worked really well. Um, there were, well, I said it had a weird leveling up system, which was those real things. Yeah, the slot reels had to like line up with sevens to level up or something like that. Yes, correct. So you had these reels in the corner and they were going off like the whole time. The whole battle, they're going off like crazy. Yeah. And you, they basically were your limit breaks they leveled up your materia. They leveled up the character. It was just weird. But I thought eventually it's brilliant. This is a great system. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Like you could get right into it and like learn how it works and everything. Like there's all kinds of hidden mechanics on on how it works and like you can learn how to do it or you can just pretty much ignore it and then just play. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. You can just pretty much ignore it and play. But if you want to get to the higher levels as in, you want to do the, like I say, the side quest stuff. You've got to know how that thing works. Yeah. And you 100 percented it, so you would have sat there working out how the fuck to get things done. Oh, yeah. Grinding material. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this game was a, that's the only real down. Well, there was a few. Okay, look, there's a few down points in this game. It was a bit grindy, especially if you yeah. wanted to do the extra stuff. Yeah, but like on the flip side of that, it's because like everything was like all bite size for handheld. So like you could pick it up and sit down and play like 12 hours straight or you could just pick it up, do a couple missions, grind for like 20 minutes and then put it down. Yeah, correct. It was the perfect sort of game. It was the perfect sort of game. And whilst I'm look, I I like the story. I think the story is great. I think the whole thing's fantastic. The where the side missions, some of them, fucked me right off and 
just made me think, oh, you've run out of ideas here. I don't know if you felt the same sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, kind of a lot of them were just kind of like, oh, okay, they're just padding the game. Yes. Like for every good mission, you'd have like three or four just like, oh, well, just kill the enemies and run down this hallway. Yeah, and there's like a really shit ran- random generated map. You know, just run to come yeah. enemies, get some chests done. I was like, oh, that just looks so shit. Yeah. But then you. But had- I mean, it is good for like if you just wanted to, you know, you had like five minutes and want to just play a quick mission. But yeah, oh yeah, if you want to do that, that then it's great. So basically, only do the shit missions if you got if you want to play for five minutes. So if you're on the shitter, if you're having a poo, these are the perfect things to take this time <laughs> away. That's probably the best exactly. time to do it. <laughs> If, if you're doing it for a 12, 12 hour haul, you're just going to get frustrated. So only play the shit missions while you're having a shit. That's how we exactly. do this tagline. But they, they that, had... uh, I think that's the tagline on the back of the of the uh, case for the game. Is it? Oh, I have to do yeah. some research about it's, that. Uh, fine print right at the very bottom. It says uh, <laughs> lots of shit missions for while you're taking a shit. It's that is it, and you know, Square. I know we will say you know, they listen to these shows. That's how you do it. They should basically say to these companies when you're doing an RPG, when should you have a shit? What parts of the game should you play having a shit? And you saw it. (laughs) Now, if you wanted to get into those side missions, some of the side missions were amazing because you had to, in this game, you had to fight summons. So you had to fight your Ifrift, you have to fight Bahamut and the various members of Bahamut, but they were cool to fight. They were amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the final secret boss was a was a good fight too. Oh, was it Min- is it Minerva? Her name? Minerva, yeah. See, yeah, with Minerva, the, the goddess, the goddess, but not from... the goddess or something. I don't oh, know. <laughs> yeah, it's weird when you say she's the goddess and she's the biggest thing in Final Fantasy world, and it's like, okay, you're just going to mention her in Crisis Core, but she's not going to make any other sort of appearance in any yeah. other game. And I I remember going into that fight. And I basically got to a stage where I was like a god, but I was just, I had loads of money. I was like, so I read in the guide, it's like, just throw money at her. So that's all I did. I just used Giltos or whatever it was oh, called and just I, threw I, money. I never did that. I, I went the, the hard headed brute force way. You beat her actually the normal way. I found, yeah. I found a piss easy with money. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would have been, but I didn't do that. I did it the hard way and it was a long, Long slag of a fight. Oh, how long did it take you to beat? Uh, like, a, like an hour? Uh, probably after like the retries and stuff, probably around an hour or so. Oh, yeah. that's brutal. I, I felt I felt happy when I beat it, but at the same time was like, meh. meh. Yeah. Just because okay. like there's so much going on on the screen and stuff. and It is a bit chaotic, but that's good. That's what you want. That's what you want from a final boss. Like, absolutely, you don't know what the fuck's going on, but you know yeah. it's going to be a hard slog. Had I not decided to throw money at her, like like, a, like she's some sort of prostitute, it might have been a bit easier. <laughs> also a bit more difficult. Yeah. There, there was one mission, I don't know if you can remember the side missions, where you just had to fight soldiers continually. Oh. They they were the difficult ones because you had I think it started off like fight a hundred soldiers, then fight two hundred soldiers, but it yeah. got to the stage where you had to fight a thousand soldiers. Yeah, that was that was easily the worst mission to fight a thousand soldiers. Yeah, that was brutal because like you though they came in huge waves, like constantly spawning, but they had um 
some of the ones had grenades, and if they hit you with this grenade, they sent you down to one HP. Yeah. And then you could just easily get popped off. And, you know, it took a thousand enemies. That's a long time. That's a long time to concentrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, that was one of those, uh, oh, the extra padding missions. They're like, oh, you thought you thought you knew padding. wait for this mission but the thing is though i loved it i didn't i i would have said if they put ten thousand, i would have loved it because the whole time they had that mute the battle music going on i was like fucking come on you bastard i'll fucking take you all on the battle music's good but oh ten thousand. oh i couldn't do i can't even imagine it like i feel pain in my hands my hands are cramping just thinking about it (laughs) do you know what though that's actually just made me think right okay so you have to beat a thousand enemies and you do it in theory, you, you get this done. But then when it comes to the final thing of the whole game, he then gets killed by regular footmen. Yeah. After he kills a thousand of them though, <laughs> that's the thing. He's killed a thousand of them. Plus like what? Seven helicopters or something like that. Yeah. That's how badass Zach was. He's fucking awesome. And the thing is, if when you play again, if you've not played it, you've had your chance. When you do the ending, so like I think Zach leaves Cloud around the corner, basically hidden, and he goes off to his he knows he's gonna die. And what's amazing is like the DM the wheels, the reels, the DMW, they all start like getting involved in the ending sequence and it all starts falling apart as he's getting annihilated, which is just amazing. Yeah, it was like a cool, like cinematic, but still like with the gameplay and everything. Like, yeah, it was a really, really brilliant way to end the game. Yeah, and like you as a character, you think, oh, this is the final battle. I better get in for it. But you're getting battered, you're getting stomped. And I think if you didn't know what was going to happen, if you didn't, you didn't play Final Fantasy VII, you would have thought, what's going on? I'm losing. But that's the whole point. You're meant to lose. But they do it in such a good way. Mm. And then the ending, oh, the ending, the 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 final cinematic. Like, I'm not going to lie, I cried. Yeah, me too. It's it's one of only two games that make me cry. This and Final oh. Fantasy X. Nice. I was going to say Final Fantasy X better be on there. That one did it to me too. Yeah, that made me cry. And I remember I was driving. My, oh, no, I was in the car. My missus was driving. The queen was driving. And she's like, what's up? I said, I poked myself in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it's weird because in Final Fantasy X, you... You know, you don't, you get that ending where you hope things would change, but it doesn't. But in this, we all knew Zach was going to die. Yeah. But it's still done in such a way that was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Like the whole game, it's a, it's a whole tragic, like you see all this character building between him and like all his friends and Aerith. And then it's like, oh, this is such a nice, sweet moment. And it's, Bit, well, it's not just sweet, it's bittersweet because you know what's going to happen the whole time. So it's yeah, like you know. anything good that happens in the game, you're like, well, that sucks. Yeah, Why did yeah. something good have to happen? Because I know it's not going to end good. Yeah, it's going to end absolutely shitty. And you get to see the relationship of him and Cloud and how Cloud was actually quite a nice kid before this all, you know, all happened. You got to see the relationship with him and Sephiroth, which was yeah. amazing to see Sephiroth not being a dick for the whole game. And yeah, was, like to see his downfall was really cool too. Yeah, they did it. They, they said they could do it a lot more better than they did in Final Fantasy VII. His downfall, this was incredible how they did it. Because um, yeah. you got to see Sephiroth as really quite a nice man. And then mm. literally when well, I think he finds out what happens to him, he just literally hits the wall. But I think the, the one that got me the most was his relationship with Aerith. 
yeah. was was just beautiful. I think they did it so well. Yeah, like he got her to start selling flowers. Like he picked out like that ribbon that he she wears in her hair. Yeah, like yeah, he did everything because in in the game it's just the throwaway moment really where she says, "Oh, when they go visit um, Zach's parents, they go say, oh, yeah, that Zach was the name of my first boyfriend.'" And from that, from that one bit, they made a whole thing about their story, which was amazing. Yeah. And I've always thought that basically Zach should have been with Aerith. That confirmed with me. Zach was with Aerith and Clouds with Tifa. There's no way yeah. around that. That's that's well, how it should that, be. And that's the whole thing. Like playing the game, you realize it's like, oh, Cloud's brain's all fucked up from the Mako. Like he just thinks he's Zach. Yes. He does. Like, he, he, the thing, he thinks he's Zach. He's taking on his life. And you kind of think Aerith should have gone, yeah, you twat. Get yourself sorted. Well, I mean, and, she wanted to. She sent him, what was it, like 80 letters? Oh, yeah, she did. While he, oh. while he was, like, getting them the experiments with Cloud. Oh, that was heartbreaking. And that's the thing, yeah, because you don't know, actually, I don't think they, they specify how long they're getting tested on. I think it was, like, four or five years. I think Eric said that, that, yeah, she's like, yeah, this is, like, the 80th letter over four years or whatever, five years that uh, I've sent you. That's fucking dedication. That's absolute yeah. dedication, to be fair. And most yeah. people in this day and age would have fucked him off and gone good somewhere else. Yeah. And he... she's like, oh, this is the last one. Oh, oh, oh don't. <laughs> and that, that's the last thing in his in his reels when he's dying. She's the last memory. That's yeah. like his, all his memories are fading away because he's dying. And then she's the last one who comes into his head. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole lead up to the very end of the game is just just heartbreaking it's fucking brutal and then when he's lying like basically bleeding to shit and cloud comes over finally with it and this wheels over his dead body and he's like you you take over me it's like fuck fuck don't in this i think in cloud crying and then to make it even better it finishes going straight into seven yeah yeah that was cool i was like that's so cool. Although the beginning of the game, it started exactly the same way, but it's Zach on the train instead of Cloud. I was like, mm. oh, oh, clever, clever. But one thing I will say about this game is for the PSP, the cinematics were gorgeous. Oh, yeah. They they pushed that system to its, to its limits. They really sure. did. And I'm like, this is Advent Children level quality. This is incredible. Yeah. So I wonder how much the budget was on that, but... It, do you know what? If you ignore the shit bits and the random games parts where you need to go play on the toilet, this <laughs> this is one of my favorite games. It just really is not just for the battle, but the is it the character development and how they did it. They did it really well. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they were, like it's just like a perfect way, like handheld, like like I was saying before, with the just you. It's it's that perfect balance of you can sit there and you could just play through the whole game in like one session. Yeah. No sleeping. Or you can play it over <laughs> weeks and then just, you know, pick it up for 20 minutes, an hour here every every day or whatever and still get through just fine. Like it was a just a really well done game despite how crazy convoluted the story was. Yeah, it's typical Final Fantasy nonsense. But it was if you went into the hard mode, that was actually a difficult game. Oh yeah. And in, especially at the beginning of the game, like anything can kill you. It becomes like a Dark Souls moment 
where you do not take on multiple enemies if you can. Although they come in multiple enemies, you try and pop them off one by one and you need to learn how to dodge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember, like if you just play uh, hard mode right off the get-go without New Game Plus, that first boss fight against the Behemoth. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, it's like a good 10-minute fight on hard mode because you're just dodging the whole time because he can kill you in like one or two hits which is good which i think okay that 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 works that's what probably happened in real life yeah see that's what gets me about when you play final fantasy when you play final fantasy 7 for the first time you're like how are these characters fighting these huge fucking things how does this ever work but then when you saw i don't know if you've seen advent children yep then you go oh, okay that's how they do it yeah, they, they, <laughs> lots they, of flips and A lot magic. of flips and magic, and they can jump a million feet. So, okay, this makes it absolutely viable. Now I can absolutely see it. And Advent Children, they kind of went, yeah, sorry, in Crisis Call, they went, yeah, this is how we do it. I was like, ah, yeah. fuck it. This like, is how yeah, we what's do gravity? <laughs> what's the nature of gravity? It's like, oh, we can just fling a guy so far in the air, he starts getting Mach 2 speed. Yeah. But... I think for me, like, do I want to see more of Zach? Yes. I know we get a glimpse of him in Advent Children right at the end, but I mm. want to see more of him. But whether that's the case, I don't know. Whether they do the Afterlife game, whether they'll do more of the prequel stuff, will they expand upon it in Final Fantasy VII? And um, no, they've announced that they're doing... Um, it's going to be part of the new like universe of the, the remake. Like, It's not going to be in remake i think they said but they're doing like uh um like a like a remake kind of game that's gonna have a bunch of the extra stuff like um crisis core and um dirge of cerberus oh, oh sorry i just, like, just uh, threw up a little bit of my mouth <laughs> not a fan of dirge oh, ye- no no <laughs> fuck no oh, i've got to cover that shit someday oh but yeah they're doing like uh not quite just like a full-on mobile game but kind of like how they did final fantasy 15 pocket mode or whatever oh it was. yes i remember reading this yeah yeah they said they're gonna kind of do something along the lines of that to cover all the extra shit and you know re-retcon the stuff that's already retconned the original game to fit it into <laughs> the new remake remaster whatever the fuck they got going on now so oh, of course any chance to do a fucking retcon with these things yeah let's sort that out and it was just oh that was it, it just made me think then when you mentioned dirge cerberus and if, if you did you did you play dirge cerberus sure did beat did it you, beat it <laughs> i managed to beat it and i 100 percented it because obviously it's final fantasy 7 and that was the only reason why i 100 percented it but for those who don't know and again spoiler this game's even older if you got the G files, because that's well well named, there was yep. a hidden extra bit in the game. And it was where the boss of Dirge of Cerberus was lying there basically dead. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Genesis turns up. Yeah. And he picks him up and he somehow becomes Spanish, if you can remember. I don't remember that part, no, but that makes sense. If, if you watch it, <laughs> that's he, different. he sounds like a Spanish vampire. <laughs> and he, he, he just picks him up and goes, we're not done, my friend. Time is with us. And it's like, why is he Spanish? And then yeah, literally... He, it's the, the degeneration of his uh, Genova cells. Oh, yes, yes. It's got to his voice. It's yeah. fucked his voice and he's made him a that's, different... He's now from Costa de Sol. Yeah, that's uh, um, a little Easter egg for 
Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Uh, Sephiroth's going to be Spanish in that one. <laughs> Senior Cloud. <laughs> that would be quite funny. He's like, where's Sephiroth? Oh, he's having a nap. It's it's nap time. He's Spanish. A little they, siesta. little siesta for Sephiroth. You're meant to have killed the boss by now, Sephiroth, you lazy cunt. Get on with it. <laughs> but the thing is, he flies away. Genesis flies off. And you're like, okay, so there's going to be Final Fantasy. There's going to be more. Because mm. the story, but then that was how old was Dirge Cerberus now? <laughs> um, that one came out in what 2006? Yeah, and it, so that were nearly 20, only 16 years. And it's like, yeah, are, are you hinting at Final Fantasy 7 too? Are, are you? Is that happening? Maybe, yeah, no, we don't know, but again, they've they've left that up for the future and we can still do it because Genesis is still rocking around, and that's the thing that's always got me a little bit is that. Again, this is going into the plot of the absolute shit foot buggery that this this thing is. Is Sephiroth's got a black wing? Genesis has a black wing, and Jill's got a white wing. So, like, why is he got a white wing? Did they explain that? Uh, I don't think they. Exp- I, um, it might. Oh, I think they touched on it. It's because he was, and Jill was the only one that was actually like correct right like uh, they did the gen the genova cells different with angeal than they did with genesis and stuff oh yes they did so that's why they came fucked yeah. because i think angeal was a baby as a was a baby perfect baby because it makes angeal think- was born from genova yes and yeah, so yeah, was yeah. sephiroth but Genesis wasn't or something like that. Yeah, they, I can't they, fucking they, it's so it, it, it's con- so crazy and convoluted. I keep thinking that they use the afterbirth for Genesis, like that'll do. Yeah. No, because it wasn't um it wasn't Hojo, it was the other doctor Hollander. that did Hollander. Hollander did Genesis and fucked it up. That's why Genesis was deteriorating. And then after Hollander got killed by Genesis, I think. Yes, I think like he, Hojo he... took up the the experiments and then like because he's hojo uh he did it better yeah it's hojo hojo's amazing hojo's yeah. hojo does what he wants he was like oh let's make these fucking things breed he's like why he wants everything to breed i was like you fucking weirdo yeah i don't that the the story's fucked it, the story game. the story's fucked but it always makes me think okay angel's got a white wing oh is cloud one day gonna pop a wing out well, in Kingdom Hearts, he's got a fucking demon he, wing. He's, he does, to be fair, he does. And he looks badass in that, to be fair. Yeah. He does look badass indeed. He looks like he looks like um he looks like Vincent in Kingdom Hearts. He does, doesn't he? He's like, right, we want Vincent yeah. in this game. How are we gonna do he's it, got, Cloud? He's got like the, the metal arm thing, like yeah. the cloak and everything. And the Buster Sword looks amazing. Oh, what a fucking design that was. Fucking incredible design. Bring that back. Bring that back for um, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. God, that's yeah. a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, that'd be cool. Get uh, the Kingdom Hearts one as like a, a skin. Uh, a skin, yeah. Well, it's like when they did it for Smash Brothers. And Smash Brothers, you could have the Advent Children and the original Final Fantasy VII. I was like, that is a cool touch. You didn't need to do that, but you did. <clears throat> yeah. Having it with a cool wing, that'd be cool. Now, I've got no other notes for this game. How about yourself, sir? Uh, no, not really. So I think for me, good gameplay, crazy story, perfect marriage of sit down sessions and bite size. Poop times. That's the game. Yeah. 
poop time. Now, let, let, I'm <laughs> I'm going to give this right. Okay, I'm going to if we're looking at this now. I don't I don't play Adam's game because I'd be trying to think how the fuck. Oh, you could do this out of a thousand if you're going to play that game out of a thousand, <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah. I do just ten out of tens. But I'm going to give it two different ones. Okay, so I want a ten out of ten without the shit have a shit missions, right? And then one with the shit have a shit missions. So two different ten out of tens. Okay. So what would you give them? For just the game, if you just want to play the game and get the story, I'd say it's a solid eight. Yep. If you want to go and get that hundred percent and get everything, I, I'd have to drop it down to like a seven or a six even. Cause Ooh. it just it gets <laughs> super just just super grindy. Like it especially does. if you count hard mode in with that. No hard mode, it's a seven. Hard mode is a six. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to hundred percent it. It does get grindy when you want to do your materia to make your materia the god thing. And we didn't talk about that, but that's yeah, but if you get super grindy. For me, just without the poopy sessions, I give it a nine, just because I think as story-wise, and like I said, I've never cried. I've only cried twice, and to cry on an ending I know is going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, that is fair play. With the poopy sessions, I take it to a six and a half just because, again, it, they are so tedious to do those those, those side quests. Yeah, really well, and then especially are. to do them twice. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I don't think you can understand without playing it. And I hope people listening going, fuck, yeah, that is fucking tedious. But yeah, it's so tedious. So tedious. I just counted as part of doing all those missions as part of grinding your materia, which yeah. has always been tedious in anything Final Fantasy VII. So. Correct. It's always been that way. It has always been that way. But sir, sir, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. And I said, thank you for reaching out and coming on. It's because you reached out to me and, and thank you very much. It really has been good fun. And yeah, hopefully I'll be seeing you in a few weeks time. Yeah, you bet, man. Thanks again for having me. This is a blast to remember this game. I actually picked it up uh, a f- couple months ago and started playing through it again a little bit as I've been bouncing around between seven different games. It's, it's one of the seven. <laughs> That's so. the way you do it, the way you do these things when you get into retro games, definitely. Yeah. All right, take care of yourself, mate. You too. So I'll just stop the recording. Thank you very much to Keeks for joining me. It was a real good fun to have him on for the first time. And thank you very much to all for listening. I hope everyone has a really good week. Remember, if you want to get involved, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash retro wars. And until then, I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.